from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, the link between fitness levels of children and playground design revealed and while on playgrounds, there's new playground equipment installed in Queen's Park, easier access to the free flu vaccine and council in a strong push for AFL games at Springfield Central during the Gabba rebuild. It's Thursday, August 3, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Who would have thought that the design of playgrounds like the kind you find in childcare centres could influence the fitness level of young people? Lucas Ritson is the co-founder and CEO of commercial playground design and construction company called Worthy. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich today, Lucas. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having me on. When did you develop a keen interest in playground design? Well, being one of six boys, it started pretty young, Um, probably as young as I can remember when it came to building cubbies and creating things for us to do outside. But officially, we've been uh, 10 years with Worthy now. I see you've got a playground installed at Winston Glades Early Learning Centre here in Ipswich. How did you happen upon the link between playground design and the fitness of kids? Um, we were work closely with the director there, Lisa, who's been a part of the community for a really long time. And we were thinking, what can we do to leverage on the opportunity of their great practices that they have there? They've got bush kindy. And then we've got the point in time where we're changing an environment completely. We know there's not a lot of data around in recent times. There's more and more every day. There's not that much data specific to Australia around outdoor play and the impact on physical activity. A lot of the Australian default for outdoor play and physical activity all is swayed towards organised sport. But when you look at the information, the number one bit of highest ranking physical activity is play for children. What sets your designs apart from others then? I notice on your website you're using a lot of natural material, a lot of timber, which kind of reminds me of cubby houses now you mentioned it before. So what sets your designs apart? I like to think of our designs as that bridge to that authentic adventure that so many of us had as children. Um, As neighbourhoods shrink, free play shrinks. In one generation we've moved from a kilometre of free play to line of sight. So just looking at the childhood experiences is all the motivation we need to be very considered in the design and very considered to be that opportunity for, and the bridge between an experience that a lot of children aren't getting right now. And because we are involved specifically in the early childhood sector, we have so many children coming through the doors there. They are a very well-known popular centre with the community as well. So I think leveraging on their practices set it set apart and creating that authentic childhood experience. We actually developed a framework that we called the ecology of play that we layer over the top of our designs. Um, so we've got some design accountability and we get feedback from the community, from the children, from the educators around, is this reflective of your needs of the community? We don't start at the catalogue 
first, selecting what elements we need. We start at the who's the user? What are the developmental and childhood needs of the children that are going to be using the space first and then work our way back? I think that's contributed to a lot of success in creating these environments. A traditional old school playground was a, a couple of swings on a steel bar. Uh, the uneven bars and those terrible things that would go round and round in circles made of steel and concrete that would uh, be very dangerous for kids. It's really come a long way in uh, a couple of decades. How do you get kids to engage, no matter how good the design is, how do you get kids outdoors and on the playground, in the playground? Well, if we take a step back and we have to acknowledge the importance of play and the importance of physical activity as a solution for well-being, Children are biologically created to explore and experience, and that's how they learn. So it's about creating an environment that's welcoming enough to inspire their intrinsic motivation to explore. It's something that is changeable, something that's fluid, something that you imagine when we're talking about the early childhood sector, that some children might be in these yards for literally half of their lives. So if we've got those same static, the, the classic um, design that you referred to earlier is, is the sl- the four S's, the slide, the swing. Oh, I forgot the slide. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, the, the sand. And <laughs> spin. That's the classic default. We've, we've moved a long way. I think because traditionally childhood experiences happen in the neighbourhood, that's not happening now. So we need to have more accountability within the centres and just making an environment so inviting and so full of wonder that the child wants to be outdoors And if we treated um, the outdoors and players as important because it's a safety and well-being tool, if we treated it as such, we're unapologetic about needing to get children outdoors. The Australian Institute of Health and Welfare indicates that uh, kids aged 5 to 12 should spend no fewer than 60 minutes a day uh, taking part in physical activities. What other studies have you seen and what are, what are they saying about the typical young kid? What are they doing outdoors? How much time? Well, it's, it varies across Australia. Um, generally, the lower socioeconomic areas have less outdoor play. Um, and some of the data is that children in the inner city are having more physical activity than children in suburbs and even semi-rural areas because they're exposed to what we call um, functional physical activity. They're walking to the shops. They're walking outside. They might be in a city and in an apartment, a young child in an apartment. That's all the motivation a parent needs to get that child outdoors on a Saturday morning when they're bouncing off the walls. So they're actually having more physical activity than the children we're seeing in the suburbs. Interesting. Coming back to the construction materials you use in the playgrounds, you use timber heavily why is that? When we think about the children and how they learn, children learn through their senses. And if we go to the types of sensory activation that children need to have very simple processing through their bodies of material, enough to create a spark of inquiry, but not so much of a spark where it's overwhelmed, that's where the use of timber is really handy. Anything like you imagine post or pre-industrial revolution, are very easy for our senses to absorb. And you imagine what the children are exposed to now in the form of sensory overload in the form of light from screens. And it's about 
creating a span or a spectrum of sensory exposure to give that child a true understanding and a true processing uh, indicator. Apart from the design and to make it really inviting and, you know, to satisfy the curiosity of kids, are there any simple tips you could give parents to encourage more outdoor play? Absolutely. Um, It all comes down to relationship. Um, If we're connected with our children, we've got margin and we're going outside with them, they'll be motivated to go with us. Few little tips, plan your outdoor playtime at the start of the day, not at the end of the day. Don't put it at the bottom of your list. The child's exhausted, they're run down for the day. You are as well. It's not going to set yourself up for success. And also just let the child lead the process because within play, children get satisfaction within the process of play. For adults, we've got this learned behaviour about plays about the outcome, life's about the to-do list. Once we finish this thing and then we can tick it and we're done. We've just got to be aware of that contrast in how we value experiences with our children. It doesn't have to be a grand result. It can be anything because a child's actually getting the connection and the value out of the process. So focus on process and do it first thing in the start of the day. And what about building your own uh, cut-down version of uh, maybe something uh, the parents have seen in one of your uh, playgrounds? Have you got any tips there? Yeah, absolutely. What we can talk to there is like the types of play experiences more than the actual structure or element. So we want to have availability and just think, does my child have the opportunity to move at high speed? If I've got a small yard, maybe we have to go out and somewhere else. So looking at opportunities to move at high speed are really important. Um, Also, do I have a place where my child can seek refuge or that hidden place away from everything else? That's why children seek out cubbies. Um, They're using it as a bit of regulation. They're using it to foster and create a bit of independence away from the parents, which is really, really important. Um, So look at the types of behaviour that the child is motivated to move towards and then just create little spaces where they can extend on that. That's absolutely fascinating, Lucas. You're giving me terrible and good flashbacks at the same time. Yes, (laughs) I, I, I was a cubby house builder back Way back in the day. (laughs) Fascinating subject, and I'll put a link in the show notes so uh, mums and dads can uh, check out some of the stuff you make. It's uh, quite brilliant. Lucas Ritson, thank you so much for speaking with Ipswich today. Thank you so much for having me. Staying with the playground theme, Ipswich families are enjoying upgraded play equipment installed in Queen's Park. Ipswich City Council spent $132,000 replacing old equipment and the New Look Playground includes a new five-bay swing. The concrete footpath the entire length of Riverheart Parklands has finally reopened. Repairs had been ongoing since it was damaged in the 2022 floods and much of the park was off limits for safety reasons before a partial reopening in March of this year. The pathway is now open at all times and lighting is back in action at the western end of the concrete pathway next to the Riverheart Parklands car park.
To help you beat the winter influenza blues, Ipswich City Council has teamed up with Queensland Health to deliver additional free community flu immunisation clinics until the end of August. Regular clinics are run on weekdays and until the end of August, Council will provide free weekend clinics at Springfield Central, Rosewood, Ripley Valley and Ipswich Central. Queensland has recorded more than 15,000 influenza B cases so far this flu season, making it the worst in recent years. Check Council's website for dates and times. Ipswich City Council is pushing hard for Brighton Homes Arena at Springfield Central to be the preferred location for the men's team during the Gabba rebuild, and an upgrade there would be around half the cost of the proposed retrofitting of the Ecker site. Springfield Central is already the home ground of the Brisbane Lions AFLW team. Council claims Brighton Homes Arena is the only venue in Australia that provides elite training and recovery facilities for both professional men's and women's AFL. And well done to council staff and councillors who are supporting Red Cross Lifeblood by donating blood. One in three Aussies at some point in life will need a blood transfusion. The National Local Government Blood Drive is held each year during winter. That's it for this episode. Just a reminder to look for handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.